From the heart of Kansas City, it's time for Real Hooligans. Here's your host, Tim English. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Let's talk some Batman, David. I'm gonna Batman. Let you, I'm gonna let you fucking guide this, dude. Start with comics. We're gonna talk comics. We'll get into the movies a little bit. In the future of Batman, are we gonna try to get Chris on the phone at all? Uh, no, not today. Okay, so let's just move on without that idea. Uh, Chris, if you listen, we love you, brother, and uh, we'll get you on soon. All right. Um, yeah, let's do it, man. Batman started in. 1940? All right. 1939. 1939. 80 years, brother. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Happy uh, birthday, Batman. I think it was a few weeks ago, the official Batman 80th or something. And he was, like just a, he was just a, a character in Detective Comics. You know, they were doing, like, different stuff. And yeah. When it, one issue was Batman. Like, hey, this is pretty cool. <laughs> Let's turn this into something. Yeah. Uh, Long history since then. Batman's gone through lots of different phases. He's been uh, campy. He's been dark and brooding. Um, uh, Warner Brothers chose to make him homicidal at some point in time where he mowed down people with machine guns. Um, so he's he's gone through a, a lot of phases. Yeah. Um, Alan, do, do, do you have a favorite phase? Um... I would probably tend to go towards the Neil Adams, Danny O'Neill, which really focused on him being a detective. Yes. And and I think I think that's a, a pretty good run. I don't know that and you get that kind of pop up here and there, but I don't want him to be too gritty. I don't mind the lighthearted stuff, which can be fun too. So um, there's a lot of different versions of Batman, which I'm totally fine with, and it's kind of you pick the one you like. Yes, Batman's not funny, but Batman can be funny. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Batman, like they they tried too hard, like the Justice League movie, where he was like literally like Iron Man and just like cracking like one-liners. Like, like no, that's not what he's for. He doesn't make jokes, but he can be funny. I mean, you yeah. know, uh, so uh, keep on. Go watch Batman: Brave and the Bold. That's a funny take on Batman, and it's a great yeah. take because it. It celebrates that kind of Silver Age version where things were just crazy, and it, they, you know, they pick the old costumes for everybody. Yes. And it's just, it's. I think that's that's great. But Batman animated series, which is a more serious take, still has fun in it, and there's still a lot of fun episodes of that show. So you can still have fun with him, even if he's not being goofy. And I think that's what they get all wrong in the movies right now. Is they, it's either one way or another. They're going to either be over the top campy or they're going to be dead serious and and take all of the fun out of what well, is since what is something that's Nolan, supposed Nolan's to be got them all brainwashed well, on the since, dark and gritty well since uh, the way. since Clooney we've pretty much gotten just the serious Batman yes. I haven't really seen anything else well no 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 uh, I mean Not- the Lego movies Lego, well, like yeah, that's and, fair, and yeah. that's true. Which is almost like the best Batman <laughs> we've seen in a while but I'll, I mean like I said in you know they did Try to make him lighter in yeah, when Justice Justice League. League, you know he was he was popping off one liners. Y- you mean this one with uh, Ben Affleck and uh-huh. the mess? <laughs> the the, yeah, the that mess one. just happened, and, you know, and it's you know losing losing sight of the character, but yeah, I mean, it, I I think the for for whatever reason DC's choice has been to go gritty with Batman. And that kind of forces him down a singular path where there's more, there's more different kinds of Batman that you could play with. Sure. Um, you you would never get 
the Bat family in the Nolan universe. You would never have somebody dressed up as Robin or Batgirl. Oh, or no way, dude. Even that, even that Joseph Gordon-Levitt <laughs> thing at the end of The Dark Knight Rises, that was probably done with him at gunpoint. And, and I, mean, I have I have, a, I have, I, I, I have two or three major issues with Nolan's take on Batman. One is he's not a detective at all. Morgan Freeman does all of his yeah, research Yeah, does form. everything. <laughs> everything. I mean, that's... No, I want, I want Dark Knight Detective. I want... The idea behind Batman is he is the smartest and most driven person in the room of whatever room you're in. Yes. He knows what's going on. He's trained his body. Um, he knows basically all these different kinds of skills from, like, magic to different martial arts to escape to anything. And he just has this wide range of, of skills that he can just use when he needs. And... That's an interesting character. And He's the most interesting man in the world. Yeah. And and he hides it all the time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that one that one's pretty deep. Uh, so Superman back in the 70s uh, opened a lot of doors. Uh, it, that was um, a comic book character on the big screen in a way that we had not really seen before. And then we get they well, were, and then Superman Quest for Peace closed a lot of those doors. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, which, which is my point, which is where I'm going. Uh, along comes Batman 89, and all of a sudden, comic books get this jolt. Um, the comic book world, we have now gone mainstream in a way with all of the tie-ins, all of the toys, all of the marketing campaigns with fast food and McDonald's. Which, which, and is, which is one of the real reasons that you had that big turn from Batman Returns to Batman Forever to go to the Schumacher method was that they did tie-ins with Batman Returns with McDonald's about this creepy penguin guy who yeah. murders people, <laughs> right. and it did not, not go well. Yeah. No, no. But, but a door was opened here, and I think that was the moment that uh, Batman became um, a cultural... I don't know, a piece of pop culture well, that he, expanded beyond well, he was the dudes in the, in the basement yeah, reading comic in, books. He was back in the 60s when, yes. when the show was on, and then that kind of faded, and that had always been kind of around in, in syndication, but it kind of died down, and then, yeah, then it popped back up with 89. I, I, but I think it's also a testimony to consumerism and how it changed in the late 70s and the, the 80s. Um, I, you know, I remember... Um, that Batman was marketed to all demographics. It was not marketed to uh, mainstream only. It was marketed to uh, people in demographics that may be considered subcultures. Uh, I remember, you know, being in the hood, having Batman biking shorts, and you know what I'm saying, and and thinking we were fly. You know what I'm saying? We weren't like, we cute. It was like, we fly. You know what I'm saying? And so um, bringing Prince on board to the franchise to do the soundtrack and kind of, it, it just, the, the overall campaign, um, marketing campaign, um, I think I think is what kind of catapulted Batman. Uh, maybe even more so than Superman well, at well, the time. Well, I, I think in a good way, I would compare Batman to Flash Gordon. Um, that that you know added Queen to the soundtrack and and tried to have an interesting story, 
Um, Prince was a big choice. I mean, Burton was an odd choice to do a Batman yes. movie at the time. So the, the Warner Bros. was definitely taking chances there um, to, to make this movie. The big rubber black suit was a big. I mean, there are there are tons of things I can't that turn my head. The, yeah, that you you had to you had to make some choices for the first time on the big screen with, with Batman, and they did a pretty good job. I have some problems with the with that movie, but for the most part, it it, it holds up pretty well. Did you have a problem with it when you were a kid, seeing it? Um, I did not like even even as a kid. I didn't like that the Joker was responsible for for his parents' yeah, death. Yeah, yeah. That was my biggest complaint, and killing him. Killing him, I didn't like because you couldn't bring him back. Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing Nicholson didn't want to do a sequel, and that was the choice. But, um, but I I want to I want to ask you why you don't like that choice because for me, um, it it created a, a character foil between Batman and the Joker that was strong for me narratively. But so so why is it not a good choice? But to, make? to me, that almost ties them together too much. So the the whole idea of Batman is you have this unknown gunman that, that guns down his parents, and he becomes Batman to stop that from happening. He doesn't become Batman to get revenge on the one person that did that. He becomes Batman to stop anybody from having that happen to them. If it's one person and he captures the Joker, his life is complete. I, f- I felt like... Um it wasn't about stopping that one p- person, though. It was about overcoming the fear of being that person. That, that um, like, I think the war, the inner war uh, in Bruce Wayne was that I'm this wealthy dude with access to everything. Like you said, I'm the coolest dude on earth. Right. Right. Um, but I have this fear that's even more hidden than my uh, superhero identity. It's even more hidden Um, this thing that I have not been able to shake since boyhood. Um, And so I think that's what the Joker was there for, not to be the target of of his revenge, if you will, but to personify. But I think it's it's more interesting to have that actually be an an, an unknown. It's it's something, because it's an unknown person, he can never, it's, it's the case he can never solve. He, it, it can. It's and it, it's going to always continue to drive him because of that. I don't need the connection uh, because the the Joker is to Batman exactly what Batman needs. Um, B- Batman has this very strict code that he lives by. He talks about it all the time. He can't do certain things. Uh, he he can't kill people, um, and Joker pushes every one of those to the very limit and not only puts him in a position where he has to make a choice, um, but that's how Batman discovers who he is and where his line is, um, what he's willing to do. Um, and it comes down several times. There are several stories where, uh, you know, Batman has the opportunity to kill the Joker. He's got his hands around his throat, um, but he can't. Uh, and, Without the Joker, I think the I think the Batman loses a lot of his um, drive, who he is. Um, he doesn't have anything to answer to, um, and then he's just some some dude out and, beating up poor people. And because of that, I think the Joker works standing on his own. You don't need this other connection between the two. He, exactly. as a yeah. character, he 
his just kind of chaos, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want and just have a good time, mainly just to piss Batman off, works really well. He doesn't actually have I to think have... It, I think it works really well if we are looking at both people, but I think if we're looking at Batman, I really like this idea that I could have my hands around the throat of the person who killed my parents right in front of me, but my principles, which is more important, this moment, this opportunity, or who I... I want to be. For me, that is such a strong and, uh, moment to be in. And they do do that story, and they've done it a few times in Batman comics, where they basically gave the the name of the gunman who kills Batman's parents, Joe Chill, and he has found him on multiple times as they've kind of rebooted Batman over the years. And it's you know he confronts him and comes close. That was but, Nolan's take. But but doesn't but doesn't kill him. Yeah. Um, well, see, I Nolan's take is. He would have killed him if someone didn't step in front of him, which I don't like. I think he yeah. he he didn't have to stop himself. Somebody got to it first. Yeah, it took the the choice off of the table for him. Yeah. And for me, I like the conundrum. I like the choice being on the yeah. table. The yeah. the other thing is, I think if you connect Batman and Joker in that way, you lessen the rest of the Bat villain universe because you give them a special connection that none of the other villains are going to have, like, or or you have to make them all responsible. I mean, if, if the Joker's responsible, that the Riddler's never as important a villain. The Catwoman's never as important because they don't have that tie to his dead parents. And 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 see, I I, I think they kind of did the same thing with Penguin and Catwoman in the sec- the next movie, uh, where they also gave them a personal connection. I mean, didn't you work at at Wayne Enterprise? Yeah. And and um, she, you know, it it really is just about uh, identifying with the character, and saying, because the conundrum becomes, oh my God, I'm in love with this woman. She hot as I don't know what, right? And then, oh my God, I'm, for the first time, I am falling in a way that um, I didn't know I was capable of. And and um, and now I've realized she's no, I, an enemy. I do like, like that. That's a beautiful moment. I do like the line where they're dancing and they figure out who yes. each other are. Like, oh, do we have to fight now? Yes. <laughs> It's a great moment. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so, without those direct connections, you don't get those. And that's but, but, movie moments, but, but though. I'm, yeah, but the, I'm saying that you can definitely have that Bruce and Selena moment. I don't need for you to connect Selena to Bruce as a kid, like Gotham tries to do. Or yeah. I don't need you to connect Joker to be responsible for Thomas, Thomas and Martha's death. I have those, have those, have those moments come out on screen and just have them be natural like that. I don't need you to underline it with something else. Right. And for me, I think I think uh, subtext and layers and all the, like, that's how you give it subtext. That's how you give these moments the layers without it being too on the nose or uh, feeling inorganic. You, you have to de- develop, like, position those characters in a particular way. And so, I, I don't know. I think it was masterful, but I can understand why it wouldn't maybe wouldn't work or not be it wouldn't be necessary in the larger scope of the universe you know what i mean but for those cinematic moments it plays okay so if we decided to do a a batman story in the same vein as this joker story as kind of a standalone it's its own little entity you can do whatever story you want with batman what story would you want to see next not hush. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. What is what no, is Hush? What so is Hush? so Hush is was a comic book series um, that was like twelve or f- so issues. Yeah. Um, that that was an interesting take where it basically you 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 introduced a new Bat villain called Hush that enlisted the help of a bunch of Bat villains to to fuck with Batman for multiple issues. Um, they did recently did an animated version of that where mm-hmm. they truncated the story quite a bit in ways that didn't really make a whole lot of sense, um, and you ended up with kind of a, a mess. But um, but what people like about Hush is, and why it worked as a comic book series was, it introduced so many Bat villains um, that it was like directly playing to fan expectations. Like, oh, there's Poison Ivy, and there's th- there's a Riddler, and there you know it's like they just kept throwing people over on and on. And, um, so it had everybody in it. Weren't we supposed to get an Arkham Asylum movie yeah. like that? That mm-hmm. was going to have a whole bunch of Bat villains in it? It would have been fantastic. Uh, whatever, that was going to be Affleck's Yeah. Whatever happened to that movie? movie? We got, they we got, they we got, fired Ben. We got uh, yeah, Justice they fired League. Ben Affleck we got, we and got didn't Justice use the script. We did that movie? Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're going to do a standalone Batman movie... Or, you know, I, I won't limit it to, to just a movie. I will say, if we gave you a trilogy, if you wanted, what what story um, that you've read, that uh, that you've enjoyed, do you think would, would be good? I think there are, there are a lot of good Batman stories. I'm trying to think what... A lot of ones I'm thinking of, I don't think would necessarily work well as a movie. Uh, there, is a, there is a Batman story back when I was a kid that was basically who killed the Batman. Okay. And it's like multiple issues where like Batman shows up dead and the villains are all like getting together trying to figure out who killed Batman. And so each issue is a villain like basically making up a story about how they were the ones that were responsible mm-hmm. for Batman's death. And they kind of use that in a Batman, one of my favorite episodes from Batman the Animated Series, which was... Um, almost got him. Mm-hmm. Um, they use that. That's yeah. where that idea came from, and it, it works really well. Um, but I don't think that would work. That sounds so well much better than a Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> yeah. Just put them all in a room and let them make up stories. How I'm going to kill Batman? I love it. Yeah. Um, I, I think a detective story would be. We still haven't gotten that. We've had two Burton movies. We've had two Schumacher movies. We've had three. Nolan movies. We still haven't gotten a detective story. Give me that's what I'd want. I, I think you could pick any villain, um, do, but give me a detective story. What do you mean by a detective story? Give give Batman a mystery he has to solve. Basically, basically do a uh, a mystery thriller. That's a Batman movie. Something different from the Riddler. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could do the Riddler if you wanted. Um, I, I I think, but it's it's not a. I'm gonna go punch somebody in the street, or I'm gonna. I'm gonna blow something. I'm gonna blow something up, and there's like some mystery. Like the whole movie is him trying to solve a mystery. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I've always thought it would be interesting, and David, we've talked about this a a number of times, to actually go back and set Batman in 1940, and give us a Bruce Wayne of that time, and you know, give us you know some really cool. You know, you can do a lot of cool visuals. You can yes. do a lot of you know. And then you have this dude with all these gadgets, like old school gadgets that yeah. are like nobody else has. Right. Like it. You know, now it's like we're in this. We're in an age of Iron Man, where if you actually fucking saw a dude with an Iron Man suit, we'd all kind of go, 
Well, yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> it's, it's about, about time. fucking time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, so, you know, it's the same with Superman. Give us a Superman in an age where watching a dude fly, people are like, holy shit, did you see that? Wow. <laughs> you know, um, you know, they're not inundated with, with media and comics and movies and all this other stuff. But um, I, I think, you, and, you know, then you build it within that, you know, and kind of his, his own little, his own little like universe, yeah. but but I, at the same time, place and time almost even, you know? I agreed. Like, that was one of the things that I'm sure everybody here thought was so genius about, um, what is it, Enter the Spider-Verse, is that you had all these versions from the past and the future. And so I would like to see, like, go to that time. Go to the black and white, yeah, she, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, or, or the future and see what that's like. I would love, I mean, it's, it it becomes more sci-fi then, but, but I think it could work. I think that people would eat it up even if it's not animated. David, I think you're on the right track as far as, you know, where to go with these stories. It's not about building a trilogy, building a cinematic universe. Go back and pick these individual stories. Be like, we're going to do this story, Killing Joke, whatever you do. That is essentially my point, yes. Do Killing Joke. It's going to be a two-part movie. You're going to get the beginning of it this in May, the end of it in October. And then, dude, we're going to cast another Batman. We're going to bring in a new director, and we'll tell... Uh, the Dark Knight Returns, or whatever, whatever you decide yeah, to do. Don't ha- just because Marvel did it and they built up a, they made these separate movies and built it into one connected universe. That then they decided a whole bunch of stuff that didn't connect to the films wasn't actually part of the universe afterwards. Um, right. Just because they did that doesn't mean that's what you have to do with. with, Ab- with absolutely, I think that's the worst thing they've tried to do is try to keep up. Yeah. After eighty years of Batman stories, and. So many different directions. There's no reason that I need to have a 10-year continuous Batman story that all fits together with one another. I I love Court of Owls. Tell me that story. You know, give me the whole uh, Long Halloween. You know, that could be broken up into a, a couple of great movies where you could pick a Batman and just say... Have at it, man. Give us your take on Batman, this story. You know you know how many actors would be jumping at the opportunity to say, man, to I play love, Batman once. I love <laughs> this see, Batman story, and all I have to do is this Batman story, and I don't have to sign on for seven more and movies. Do Justice League and appear in Wonder Woman and man. do voiceover for fucking Aquaman or you know whatever. How many Kevin Smiths would be jumping. You you mean I can take my favorite Batman story and write it, it, and you're all just going to go out and do it? Can I direct it? You know, you want Kevin Smith to direct a, a Batman movie. I'd be okay with he that. He would jump at the opportunity if you said, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to throw lots of money at you <laughs> to make your story. Yeah. Um, and uh, please give and me some of these stories that me, I've grown I, up with. I, I feel differently about it. I like that the stories are connected, that, um, that, that they are relational. I don't need the continuous story. I don't need it to have started well, here and then a million years later, we've arrived. Like, I don't need that. But I like, um, and I'm I'm sorry to uh, the cat that played Captain America, but, you know, get your paper, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I just, like, I like that the actors carried those characters forward. Um, but what I wanted... Because I thought this was strange, maybe not a mistake, or maybe a mistake, um, is that they are doing so well in television 
why are they not so weird using the same actors that are successful in those roles i don't mind that because my argument has been um i think the shows work well on their own i think if you try to put them in a and the movies have been more crap than good with a couple exceptions like shazam and wonder woman have been more crap than good um I, th- I would like, don't put them into a movie which is going to be shit, and now I'm going to tie that TV show to this crappy movie you made. Let them, let them succeed the- let them succeed where they are and do whatever you want over here. But like, tie the movie to the TV show. I mean, because isn't that how they did movies like in the 80s? Like, random stuff. Like, say for instance, uh, they did a heart-to-heart movie. Like, they're not going to just <laughs> write some random universe of heart-to-heart. It's going to be related. And that's where <laughs> but, but, Warner Brothers and DC have fallen short. But even their but tenants even that are fell short there. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. They, they originally said But we're not talking one, about that. But we're it's talking one about. connected universe. Agents of Shield, part of the movie. Man. And they said, fuck no, it's not. Yeah, but that's <laughs> that's so hard to have all those creative minds trying to I mean, you know, then you have to have all the filmmakers, you know, watching the, all the TV episodes to make sure they're not crossing. Uh, it's, it's called a series Bible. <laughs> yeah. No, but but, I, but I think about think... where you're you, you're just creatively pinning everybody into each other's no, ideas. I, but I do think the series, because they are separate, can do more of what they want. If if you know that they're going to be tied into a movie, you're going to say, OK, you can't use this character, this character, this character, because yeah. we're going to save them for the movie two years from now. You're you're gonna you're gonna lose some of that freedom that they have now. Yeah, it just it just becomes too much. And I, and Marvel, I think, did the right thing, where it's like, yeah, the movies exist in the TV show, but the TV show doesn't exactly. And it never, I, for me, it's it's never once bothered me. I mean, you know, the the fact me. that I stopped watching the Flash when when they what's the character Will Smith played? Deadshot. Yeah, so they introduced Deadshot on the Flash on the show. Right. And they're like, Will Smith's gonna be playing him in the movie, and I was like, why isn't this cat gonna be playing him? <laughs> In the movie, yeah. like I, that, just makes no sense for me. And and so, not only did I not like your craptastic movie, <laughs> I stopped watching your show. Um, I will say that I started watching Titans. On I got DC Universe now, yeah. so I need to I, so I need to watch that. Um, I Can was, I have your code? Can I? Yeah. I was um I was. Wait, fairly wait, wait. impressed with it. What's Titans? Is it the one with the girl? T- Titans is basically Teen Titans, so it's um, with live action. So probably not the team that you think of, um, but it's um, so it's a it's a little darker than I than I wanted, but it actually fits pretty well. The episode from a couple weeks ago where they did like a flashback episode, I thought it was really well done. It was basically about Aqualad, um, mm. uh, but I've been. I think it's better. Is as good or better than any of the Netflix shows except for the first and last season of Daredevil. I think it ranks better than any of those other mm. Netflix ones. Daredevil was awesome. Um, yeah. And Sometimes. basically, it, it takes the idea of the Titans have been disbanded for a few years, and always nice. And and Dick Grayson finds these these new young kids with powers, and by Sounding the end, more creepy now. By the end of the first season, he basically decides to put the Titans back together. So. Um, is he Nightwing? No, he's he's actually still he's still Robin, but he like he keeps the costume. He hasn't really been Robin, but he keeps the costume around when he needs it. Oh, is it just hanging over there in the corner with the no, light shining no, on he, it? So we got, all know he's got like this big box. And oh, he just of course the box. Um, what is this show that I'm watching? Because I maybe it's this show. Uh, it's a, it starts with a girl, right? Um, and she's got some powers. 
Um, maybe that she got from her dad, who's dead, who's trying to find her, but he's dead. I that might be Titans. Because Raven's. I one haven't of the, watched any. Yeah, because Raven's one know. of the yeah. yeah one of the main characters. In dark it, yeah. haired girl. Kind of dark purplish hair. And 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 she was living with maybe a an adopted somebody like a adopted mom or friend of her mother's. Yeah. Or, yeah. Is that this yeah. show? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna need your codes. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I get you. Um, no, I, I. They don't do it like Netflix does, where they release the entire season. It's like once. It's like an episode, and then they wait a week, and you get the next episode. But okay. you could watch. Like when I, I think there are four on there when, now. When, when I signed up, I could watch the entire first season, and then the first two episodes of the new season. Now it's just waiting a week to get the new ones. So. All right, hooligans. We're gonna wrap up, but. I think it's important, you know, after all this Batman talk, let's talk about his cultural impact. Is that... I, I, I think it, you it's significant. Kind of I think uh, Batman and the, the overall entertainment landscape um, holds a, a pretty hefty place. Um, well, it's, it's significant to the point where DC didn't start their movie franchise with Batman. They started with Superman, Christopher Reeve. They made four Superman movies, took a few years off before they made a Batman. Yeah. So they, they basically viewed Superman as the number one property. Yes. That's not what it is today. Oh, I can't, I can't even get that going. And nobody well, cares about it. It's not Superman. that because they destroyed it. I mean, Henry Cavill. It's, it's hard to find them relatable. Yeah. It's, hard to, it's hard to make a relatable Superman movie. And they tried. They tried I mean, Snyder tried by, by making him, you know, the kind of mopey and... You mean uh, would they make him like a? I know, he like tried. A that's what I'm saying. Who's he like tried hanging around and uh, that's the all I'm gonna say is he, he tried. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. He tried and it's hard to do, you know, without changing I, I who he is. I think it's that hard. <laughs> you know, it, it's a, but um. But but yeah, Batman is by all accounts. You just look at the stuff. Uh, how how much he permeates kind of DC completely. Yeah, he is the number one dog. Even you know? watching the new Joker movie, where it's like they couldn't. Help themselves not to have that damn scene in the alley where his parents get shot and her pearls break. I mean, it's like even like this one little minute detail has to be in every single version. And, and that's what I'm saying. It, Do we, we don't even have to bring it back up. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and people give Marvel crap for Spider-Man, you know, and, and Uncle Ben. But seriously, we've only With seen great it. power. We've only seen it twice. Right. We've only seen it twice. They literally they're literally throwing this shit in. Movies aren't, aren't even about Batman at this point now. So, well, it, just it, wait. They're according gonna, they'll, to them, they'll relaunch Spider-Man again. We'll get it again. <laughs> well, that's fine. At this point, they could probably do it because it would the, make the, sense. The, the so. smartest thing that they did with, with Tom Holland was not give us Uncle Ben again. Skip over it. He's yeah, had it yeah. for that's what six I'm saying. months. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. You could have easily, you know, we talked about how there were ways with Joker to kind of allude to how this madness could have ended, you know, showing them walk down the alley and you kind of go, mm. I think we all know what's going to happen now. And then you don't know who did it. You know, you, you leave it totally open. We don't even know who did it, but they went down that alley after they left that movie. And see, that's why I think year one is such a great story and would make a great movie yeah. because you skip over all of that. The, the it's 12 years later. You don't know who did it. The, 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 the mystery, the whole thing with his parents have always been he doesn't know who did it. It was just somebody who was desperate. And 
I've seen versions where it was somebody who's like, hey, I just need, you know, a quarter man. And yeah, it's just and that's just kind of this thing is it's like there there is, you know, you guys mentioned finding the Joker that ends it for him, you know, but but this is always like this. There's always the next guy. That's not him. That wasn't him. You know, we we did talk about like what kind of Batman movie we like to do. So I I would still put pick detective movie as my number one. I would actually like to see a Bat Family movie, I which we are, I don't think we're ever going to get because the closest we got to was Batman and Robin, <laughs> which is a clusterfuck. Um, but yeah. it's like, give me Batman, Nightwing, at least one Robin, okay. Batgirl. I'd be down. Like, give me that Bat Family. And because you have so many of them, the threat could be... Massive. Yeah. Let Marvel build their cinematic universe and give me these different things yeah. and just to kind of... You know, fanties, you know, fans want it. Just give it to us. Give me the fucking Wonder Twins in there somewhere. I don't give a shit, but <gasps> have fun with yes, it, dude. please. Have Wonder fun with Twins. it. Now we're talking. Have fun with what you have. Form of water. <laughs> <laughs> They're so awesome. Hey, did you ever see the, the episode of South Park where corn's on there? Yes. And, you know, they do the, you Wonder. know, it's like a Scooby-Doo episode, and then they do the form of corn at the end. <laughs> and it's like one of them turns into a corn in the cob, the other one turns into popcorn, <laughs> the other one turns into like a stock, and they just, there's like no purpose, they just lay there. And the other characters kind of go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> but, yeah, I have fun with these characters, and that's one thing I think DC is missing, is they're not, these movies aren't fun to watch. They don't have to be funny like Marvels are. They don't have to be like Marvel. They don't have to tie all these characters together. Give it, give me an experience where I can go in there and just have some escapism. Maybe I can relate it to some social issues. Maybe I can relate it. Maybe I can take what you're telling me and be like, this makes me think of things that are happening in our own society. But well, no, you're beating me over the head with it. Yeah. So, so, like, so, let me draw these conclusions. So look at two Marvel movies. Look at Thor the Dark World. Dark and serious and dreary and... Is this uh, the one work. with Evelyn? Uh, yes. Yeah. Or look at Thor Ragnarok. Fun and bright and not what you were expecting to be the follow-up to Thor yeah. Dark World. And it's still kind of a serious story. He's lost in space millions of miles away, has to figure out how to get home. But it's a lot of fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I think for me right now, um, when I think about um, the what they're trying to do with these uh, superhero movies is actually um, what makes me go like eh to all of it is I prefer story driven movies rather than cause driven movies yeah. and right now they know that you're going to come pay your ticket and so they are saying what they want to say instead of just having fun and allowing us to have fun Absolutely. they're brow beating us yeah. yeah I agree um I mean, I could talk Batman all all day, so, but I want to go watch football. So we've been here for a couple hours. We'll probably get a couple episodes out of this. Um, it's been great. And, you know, like I said, I wanted to talk about Joker for like five minutes. We talked about it for like 30 minutes. And, you know, and I made a point of saying it's because, you know, movies like that, they, they you know, bad movies or movies like this can draw better debate and better conversation than a movie like um, – Whatever, just say, you know. Well, yeah, we, we, we're we not really talking about... I, I think the first Captain America is a fine movie, but sure. it's not it's not great. It's no. not awful. It just It's fine, and it's there's there. not a lot to talk about there. It's Other than the fact he doesn't fight any Nazis in it, and it takes place in World War II. Uh, <laughs> kind of missed the boat there. <laughs> uh, but you're right. I mean, so... Uh, we we love Batman. 
the Dark Knight just won our best comic book movie ever. So I know yeah. in our show we come on here and we talk about Marvel movies like, yeah, they hit it. They did good. And then we talk about DC movies. It seems like most of the time talking about what are they doing wrong. And for me, it's because I want them so badly to get it right because they are the movies that we grew up with. Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman TV show. I mean, the, the, the Wonder Woman, I, I, I am looking forward to the Wonder Woman. 84 sure. is going to be fun. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You know, so and, and I, like I said, with the Joker, I think it shows that they're they're on the right track to cr- to bring these character driven stories and, you know, they've been like, this isn't connected. I don't need it connected. Fine. I didn't need a Joker movie, though. I I, I didn't. And I, I, I didn't need a Joker movie with such a heavy message. They just yeah. beat in for two hours. I do want a, a Catman movie. If, if Bring DC it, went, dude. If DC wants yeah. to get started on that, I'll be I a mean, condiment I, king. You know, there, was, there was a moment when Joaquin Phoenix's character, and I know you with five minutes, but he was kind of running down a, a hallway, some corridor. And I thought, that moment is homage to Heath Ledger. Yeah. Like, the way he was running. Oh, there was, yeah. Yeah. He really did tie into a lot of it. Did they tie into Cesar Romero at all in that? <laughs> I'm sure you could find something. Uh, honestly, with... Did, it, he, did he have a mustache yeah. and kind of paint over it? <laughs> no, but his... There's, there's a scene, and I, I'm glad you brought it up, um, that there are scenes where... He pays tribute to everybody else that came before him. So there's a scene where he's standing in front of a mirror and he's practicing all of these hand gestures. And this, you can just see that this was kind of a campy little. It's so over dramatic and over. So that's what I'm saying. I, I really felt there was some brilliance to his performance that was wasted on just a bad script, you know, and poor and a poor. Just excuse me. I don't know, man. So, um, anyways. We love Batman. Yeah. Let's Batman, happy birthday. Thank you. And uh, let's, you know, we're all going to go see the Batman when it comes out with Robert Pattinson. And you know what? It won't matter what he's like if it's a good movie. You know what I'm I, saying? I, I am curious. I, I've, I haven't heard anything more except for his casting. Do we know? That somebody else uh, is it another like, origin thing or is he already Batman? Hopefully. I, he's young. Well, that's all the we next know. person? Somebody else just got. Um, uh, they cast. Attached. They're talking to Jonah Hill and uh, as Tweedledee or Tweedledee. Nope. <laughs> oh my. Jeffrey Wright as Gordon. Was okay. Uh, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, I believe. Right. I, I I'm not sure if these have been confirmed to be honest, but I know these were like really serious rumors. And then they were talk, talking to Jonah Hill for something. What bat villain would Jonah Hill play? I think well, the maybe win. he's Robin. The, <laughs> the popular one seems to be the Riddler. I do not want to see Jonah Hill as the Riddler. No. I, I think the Riddler needs, I'm sorry, Jonah Hill, more intelligence than that. How about Michael Emerson? Yeah. Who was that? He played Ben on Lost. He also played um, the guy who created the machine in Person of Interest. Yeah, he's on Person of Interest. But oh, the the guy who runs the guy with the glasses. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see that. He's kind of manipulative. And Although he'd probably look strange in a leotard with... Question marks on it. Well, you could go with the suit, the just kind of suit. Give me a suit, dude. You like, didn't need yeah. to wear, it, wear the. <laughs> We're going to have to do a whole episode on why we think Robbie Patty Pants got considered <laughs> for this role and or and why he took it. Because his agent called. It's somebody so weird, who, right? Because it does seem like the kind of thing he'd avoid. Because he didn't even like being in the Twilight movies. Right. 
So he's the he gets killed in one of the Harry. He's only in one Harry Potter. One movie. Harry he dies, Potter movie. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it. it well, it'll be interesting to see what they do, where this goes. So we're going to wrap it up. Let's start around the deck here. Let's start with Alan. Tell the audience where we can listen to you or read you or whatever the fuck you uh, You can always find me on uh, razorfine.com and explosionofawesome.com. Um, find me on Twitter, Instagram, under Cap'n Carrot. Uh, yeah, I'm always around somewhere. Hello. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Lonita Cook, and you can find me uh, on Fridays, typically between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. doing movie reviews on Better KC at KCTV5. Uh, I do contribute to In Kansas City Magazine, which is inkansascity.com, and um, you can also cash at me at Lonita <laughs> E. Cook. <laughs> and she's being consulted on a feature film and she doing things. She wrote a vampire love book. I did. <laughs> did, the, did the vampire sparkle? Uh, no, okay, no, no, but, no. No, but they get it on. She, she, they do get it on. <laughs> I, I'm going to, can I just tell you, Oh, I love talking about being in a writer's group. I was the worst writer. Um, and there was this guy who was hypercritical and like, I'm t- telling you one of my critiques, somebody was like, this is my favorite part. Because it was over, like that's how bad. <laughs> and then well, not half the I turned in the pages that have the love scene, and the hypercritical dude was like, "Yeah, I just stopped writing notes, and I was just reading it. It was good." I was like, "Yeah, all right, dude, so, don't look at me like that." All right, so, so now I got to get into Lowe's brain here. All right, um, David, where where can we follow you, sir? Don't, don't. All right. just don't. Mm. Okay. Oh, my. I, I believe you can follow him on the Twitter account, Alan is always right. Oh, it is. <laughs> this, this should ha- be a Twitter page. Hashtag fuck you, Alan. <laughs> All right. Real Hooligans with two E's. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and whatever you follow. Leave us a review. Yeah, leave us a review. Say words. And I just want to, uh, as we're going out, I want to say congratulations about Terror on the Plains. It was an incredible event. It was a lot of fun. It was my first time going. I will be back next year. It was so fun and such a great idea. It was at the drive-in. I haven't been to the drive-in in so long. And I will, yeah, it was wonderful. We watched The Burbs. The Burbs. With Tom Hanks. We did Texas Chainsaw the night before. We did The Burbs and Candyman the next night. It was a, It was a good night, man. It rained. Filmmakers um, came in, but from it, the California, beauty of it right? is, and I have so many pictures that people took of the movies, you know, that are just amazing. Lightning strikes, thunder. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's amazing. You know, people were just like the people that showed up were like, "Dude, this is awesome." It was great. And it's, yeah, obviously, it's hard to get people to come out to a drive-in when there's fucking thunderstorms, <laughs> which is unfortunate because if you just showed up, dude, it was awesome. It was you know? awesome. So, it was like I came you're sitting to in your car. The planes to watch horror movies, and mother like Mother Nature was like, "Let me set the mood." It we are cool. September 18th and 19th next year, 18, 19, 20. And maybe 17, because I'm trying to push three nights. So, Do you have an idea of what the horror movies, not the short films, but what horror movies you might show? The Thing, Ghostbusters, and The Shining. You heard it here first. That's what we're going for. Ooh, and we're getting that The Shining sequel. sequel? Yeah. So, so that's going to be nice. Yeah, so we'll get into that more some other time. We're going to head out for today. Real Hooligans, thank you for listening. You guys, thanks for joining. I knew this would be a great conversation. Chris, we miss you, buddy. We'll get you on next time. 
Peace and we out.